Ladies and gentlemen, can you feel my excitement? The Football Scoop Podcast is back. It's always exciting. We appreciate those of you who are watching us on YouTube, uh, those who are listening in your car, in the staff room, wherever you might be listening. Always glad to have you. I'm Scott Roussel. I've got uh, college football experts, John Bryce, Zach Barnett, two of the best in the business. And uh, today we wanted to gather, just talk about some of the things that are happening in college football. There's been a lot of conversation of late of length of games and NCAA looking at uh, options for shortening games, uh, changes rules, which is always eh, a, little, a little decisive. Uh, that wasn't the right word. Anyway, um, divisive. Thank you very much. Anyway, Zach, do me a favor. Take the lead. Walk me through what we're dealing with, and uh, and we'll all opine as we go. Right. So uh, last week, I believe it was, um, Ross Dellinger, SI, our buddy over there reported that executives within college football are considering, you know, four key changes to shorten the length of games. Uh, the the first two are, are pretty wonky and um, not decisive, as as Scott would say. Uh, eliminating the ability to call consecutive timeouts, which you most commonly see when in an icing the kicker scenario, and no longer extending the first and third quarter for an untimed down if there's a penalty on the final play of that of those quarters. Sure, white, right, whatever, nobody cares. And then the the two big ones, uh, which would be to either go to an NFL style uh, clock rule to where they would no longer stop the clock after first downs, except in the final two minutes of the half. So you get a first down and the clock would continue to run. And then there's the big one, which would be to wind the clock on incompletions after the ball is set for play. And I know uh, that last one got a, a, a big reaction and most of it was negative. So, um, you know, what are, you, what are y'all's reactions to these all right well, let's let's start high level first of all what is the consensus on overall not necessarily I mean game length but I guess yeah time in stadium experience in stadium you know it, are these games taking too long on tv too long in stadium give me overall thoughts on that I think I think yes I think when these came out there was a lot of uh you know people on college football twitter which you know, if you know those of us and people that do our jobs, we got to be you know self aware here that we're not the typical consumer. We're not the person trying to reach. And a lot of people were like, you know, we only get 12, 13 of these a year. Why are they trying to shorten them? I want football, you know, all day, all night, Saturday. And I certainly get that to an extent. And I think you know, if you're watching your team, you don't mind if it if it's a four hour affair if it's your team. But they're trying to reach the the typical consumer and the casual fan, and I think if they could tighten it up and make it a you know a three twenty experience into a three oh five experience, I think that would keep you know casual viewers watching longer. I think it would pay make you know some people more likely to attend if they feel like the game is, is moving along with some positive momentum. So I think I think this would be a good change if they do it the right way. Yeah, I tend to agree with you, Zach, and I think that um, both, there's both the the time management standpoint. I also think that at some point in time, this this also impacts uh, volume and inventory of games that are being broadcast. And uh, I'll give you a couple of examples here: the Tennessee Alabama game last year, which was not an overtime affair, 
extended exactly four hours uh, on, on your Saturday afternoon matinee and as we're uh, on CBS and as we're moving into the upcoming media rights deals that are going to see uh, Big Ten schools and Notre Dame uh, both on NBC and Peacock and doing some things there. When you look at what the NFL does, it has it down to a science. When you know those Sunday games, at least for, for me in the Eastern time zone, are starting at 1 and 4.15, it's pretty much clockwork every week. You're going to get a CBS game at, at 1, and you're going to get that Fox game starting at 4.15 or 4.30 almost without fail. It, it really is an art form the way that the NFL has gotten their game links down to a science. I mentioned that Tennessee-Alabama game. Again, a 52-49 contest, not an overtime game. took four hours. The TCU-Michigan game, as we were preparing for this podcast, I wanted to look up just a couple of contests that I knew were even longer. Also not an overtime game. It extended five hours. You oh, cannot ask, yeah, four hours and 55 minutes. You cannot ask uh, the average consumer to tune in for a Titanic and then another mm. epic film. And that's what it, that's what it boils down to. You know, those are the days of the VHS. You would have had to change out three tapes to get through five hours of video. And so I think that those are, are really legitimate issues. And as we're sitting here talking about the potential changes to the length of game for college football. I do think it's worth noting we're seeing um, pretty groundbreaking changes being experimented with in Major League Baseball spring training already through the first week of the season. MLB has announced that games are down 23 minutes. Once again, that's getting it fully under a three-hour average game time. That's a much more consumable entity for Joe Fan and not Joe football nerds like the three of us. I feel the same way. I think baseball – uh, it's been universally um, loved. I mean, we're early. It's spring training, but everybody's like, boy, this is making this game go a lot faster. You're getting all the action, less of the pause, less of the stupidity. Uh, pitcher taking forever, batter bat, stepping out of the box a hundred times. Um, <laughs> I kind of, I'm okay with this. Yeah. I think if they can shave, you know, obviously you, you have your outlier games like John mentioned, but if you they can shave 10 minutes, 8 minutes, 12 minutes off your typical FBS game, I think it would feel like there's just mo- positive momentum. And I think even if the, the overall experience isn't that different, I think it would feel different. And uh, John, to your point, you know, a lot of ob- objections that I heard from this was, well, why don't they just, why don't they just uh, cut out not to have many dang commercials, you know, all these commercials, all these commercials. And it's tough for me to take you seriously if you say that because a TV pays for this whole party and the way they recoup their money is with breaks. So they're they're Those aren't going away. And B the NFL has as many or more uh, commercial breaks than college games do. And they're shorter. So unfortunately, you know, we'd, we'd all love a, an ad free experience, but th- that's not going to happen. And, uh, breaks are not the problem here. And then I think there's a, a another aspect to this that we need to discuss here is that, you know, part of this is it, it's largely a self-serving push by the commissioners here. And that in that, you know, pretty soon we're going to ask some teams to play 16, possibly even 17 games. And the way that they're justifying it to themselves while not paying these guys as well we're going to make the game shorter so the total number of hits that they take is going to be about the same. While technically true, I think the 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 grind of the season, if you ask the average player, the average coach, isn't necessarily the games itself. The games are the reward. The grind is 
the meetings, the, the, the weightlifting, just the fact that you're in season from July to, you know, January 20th, that's the grind, not necessarily a game. And so I think, I think there's a cynical aspect to this that, that needs to be discussed, even if I do support this, this issue, you know, broadly. And, and again, as, as we talk about uh, the, the media rights deals are obviously more lucrative than ever before. They're more expansive than ever before. But as we sit here and talk about that component of it and, and they can window dress it as player safety and all of that, I don't think you get the the talk of player safety if there's not also not the talk of, of what it means for your actual uh, television viewing inventory. But the fact is, with with all these new deals, you're going to have these games that have got to start much closer to the projected time because as you pay these bills and as you're um, doling out the money from these land-breaking, record-breaking landmark deals, nobody wants their game starting on ESPN The Ocho if they've paid for the broadcast to be on ESPN The Main and your game has run so long that the first quarter and a half you're airing on whatever, ESPN Ocho instead of the ESPN Main. What is being done to made whole, make whole – uh, the advertisers' dollars that they've spent to be on the main broadcast channel. So yeah, we can we can talk about player safety, and I think that's where where the coaches are driven by it is truly player safety. But I think when you look at the big picture, you cannot have this discussion without acknowledging its impact on the inventory and the way that the inventory has got to be more closely managed as all these new deals take place. From a TV viewer's perspective, I think there's the opportunity here if you can knock out. Um, this is a large number. If you can knock out 30 minutes game time, you might even be able to, uh, over the next year or two or three, be able to forecast a, a different TV window, You know, another window of games, uh, which would actually be tremendous for the Saturday you know, at-home consumer. Uh, let's transition to the in-stadium experience, especially those who bring young children. You bring kids to a game and if you're at a rowdy game you're going to tailgate you know you're a couple hours in advance and then if you're four hours in stadium and then an hour to get home you're about an eight hour day for young kids that might be the greatest day in the world for a lot of kids it might be really hard on on some kids and some parents so i see i see massive benefits for compressing in stadium so let's talk about how they're actually going to do this. So the uh, according to the numbers, the average NFL game is 155 plays. The average college game is 180 plays. The if they were the estimate is if they were to go to the NFL style clock rule, it cut out seven to nine plays per game. If they were to wind the clock after incompletions, that could cut out about 20, up you know 16, 20 somewhere in there. Um, we don't really think that they're actually going to wind the clock after incompletions, do we? Like, is that is that just the is, is that the give back here to to try to uh, brace us all for the NFL style clock rules so that I, that yeah. doesn't seem as radical? I, I don't think so, Zach. Just based on all the coaches that I know, I, I've talked to over the last couple of weeks as these uh, potential rule changes have been discussed. Nobody wants 
a fundamental change to the flow of the game. And, and to me, that one represents a very fundamental game, uh, change to the flow of the game. I think, again, coaches are all for player safety. They're all for making these changes that can shorten the game from their standpoint, that can make it more consumable uh, for the, the viewers and the fans. But that one is a wholesale change that I don't think the, the sport is ready for. And so I should I should note that the uh, the the winding of the clock after first downs it would it would remain the same to where the clock stops uh, until the chains are set within the final two minutes of each half. So if you're driving to try and win the game, that gives you a a little bit of uh, you know th- that keeps that alive. But I think I think we all agree if if you get a first down with 14 minutes to go in the first quarter, let's keep that clock moving. We don't we don't need to stop the clock in that scenario. Do we agree there? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay, that. Yep. The other thing that's not really mentioned that I think we need to bring up here is another key difference between college and the NFL is replay. Uh, in in the NFL, it's coaches' challenge unless it's certain specific scenarios. In college, it is every single play has the opportunity to be reviewed. And I, I've been, you know, my my somewhat serious, somewhat joking take for all this for a long time has been that the replay operator, if he stops the game to confirm the call on the field, whatever he makes for that game cuts in half. That way, this this dude better be sure that those refs on the field are wrong. Otherwise, let, let's keep the show let, let's keep the show going. I always remember the uh, tw- 2016 Tennessee A and M game, John. You, I'm sure you remember this game. This was a top ten game. It was a, I, I think it was a four plus hour affair. And we're stopping the game because one team punted and the punt went out of bounds and the replay official stops play because, wait, you guys marked that ball out at the eight-yard line. I think it was actually out at the 18-yard line. Let's stop things down. And, you know, that was a minute, two-minute pause to see, you know, over 10 yards. And at that point, I was like, we've, we've got to have a better system here. My My take is if the – Either one of the coaches does not feel it's important enough to stop the game, then let's keep it rolling. But that wasn't mentioned very much there, so I I don't see that as a change coming. And I would I would mention, yeah, I was I was a sideline reporter in that game, Zach, and it was um, I spent a month in College Station one Saturday afternoon. But I would I would say that. Um, you're exactly right on the stoppage of play. Another thing is that I think we saw more than ever this past year, how many plays um, that were inconsequential were also reviewed for targeting, which I think is another element. Again, we're not diminishing player safety, uh, but when so many plays, when so many common football plays are now be exa- being examined for potential targeting, I think that's another uh, great impediment to the natural flow of a game. I'm still stunned at the five-hour TCU-Michigan game. That was I, – I obviously, we all watched that game. That was, it felt long, but, oh, my goodness. Like, that – that we've got to cut that down. The, the, for, for what it's for, for the numbers. So, it was a uh, – as recently as 2018, the average – or as recently as 2019, the average FBS game was three hours, 16 minutes. In 2022, it was 321. I, I, think, I think 321 is too long. I think if we could get down to 310, 305 – that, I think that would be fantastic. Yeah, I would. I would be curious to uh, see a study on on the average length of time for those Saturday afternoon CBS games because those 
particularly feel like the longest game uh, of any given weekend. Here's here's another one just to throw out there to you, just a, a random bowl game, the, the South Carolina-Notre Dame Gator Bowl. Again, not an overtime affair. It went over four hours, and, and it went over four hours on a game that wasn't uh, – yeah, it had a great audience, but that's not a consequential game in the grand scheme of things. And you're playing your final game of the year and you still crest over four hours. And again, that's just too long. That's disrupting all the TV inventory. That's asking too much uh, for you all with kids. That's asking too much to keep your kids in the stands for that long. It's just uh, it's gotten way out of hand. All right. So what happens, Zach? What, how do you see this playing out? I. I- I mean, I think these changes will more likely happen and they could happen in time for the the upcoming season and certainly by 2024 because, I mean, 2024 is gearing up to be, you know, the unveiling of a, of a kind of a new sport with you know, the expanded SEC, the expanded Big Ten, the expanded playoff. You know, at that point, you know, we're, we're going to uh, be in a, a new world by then. So I think I think these are going to happen sooner rather than later, having said that I I still don't think they're going to wind the clock after incompletions. I, I think it's going to be the NFL style rules, and I wish they'd go to the NFL style replay. Are there other options that should be on the table? That is a good question. Um, uh, the the one that does not seem to be on the table, I'll, I'll repeat myself here, is cutting down replay. Uh, I don't I see that one, but that that's something that they should definitely consider because it is it is a serious momentum killer anytime that happens. And sometimes it has to, but with with the superfluous uh, replays we get, it's just it it's driving people away. I feel like whatever happened with the time limit on replays? You remember years and years and years ago there was only X amount of time. Uh, was that in the NFL or where was that? Uh, go ahead, John. I was going. I don't recall there being a, a hard, fast time limit on college replay. Um, yeah. The NFL has had that it was supposed to be decided in ninety seconds or less, or, or whatever. Um, and for the most part, the NFL gets it done uh, in that time window or whatever. But that that window, I don't recall. The goal was, was to have it like two minutes or less at the college game, but I don't recall that being, you know, the actual reality to it. And, and I would agree wholly with, with Zach. I think the biggest thing that can be done uh, right off the top to expedite college football games would be addressing college football instant replay. And that's the one thing that we're really not hearing a lot of talk about at this time. But again, there's so many just common plays that are being reviewed for targeting. And, and thankfully, we saw last year where some plays that were initially called targeting were overturned. Uh, and we saw some players get to stay in games or not get not have to be suspended for the following week or what have you. And it's important to get it right. Um, but again, it's also important to be aware of everything that goes into it. Yeah. I think to, to Scott, I, I think there's, there's been a lot of, you know, suggestions of, Oh, let's, let's limit it to 90 seconds. And if, if you, you can't, you can't find the answer in 90 seconds, then keep the call on the field. I think, I, I think logically that makes sense, but I think the rebuttal from the powers that be has been, well, if it takes another 10 seconds to get the right call, isn't, isn't it worth it to, to get the right call? Uh, I, tweaks, I'd like to see. The, the, you know, I wrote a story about this last summer or something. Was The CFL had some a really good wording on how they view replay, and it was basically like the, the 50 drunks in a bar rule, where if it is not clear and obvious 
then we're keeping the call on the field. And I think, you know, in all sports, the, the slowing it down to the one, you know, millimeter of a millisecond to find this blade of grass, you know, the, the refs are judging this all in real time. So I think we, if we could watch every replay in real time, I think that would speed things up a lot because it would say, okay, well, I, I can't obviously tell this call is wrong. So let's keep the call in the field. And let's keep it moving. So you mentioned 50 drunks in a bar in connection with the CFL. Might as well share a story. So I'm up in Canada. This is like 10 years ago, <clears throat> um, hunting and uh, CFL games on. And I'm in a bar with more than 50 drunks, uh, all of whom are glued to the CFL game. And I'm like, uh, I, I, I made a passing comment to one human who probably was Canadian, something to the effect of that's not real football or something like that. Oh, buddy. Scotty is lucky to still be with us. That was quickly relayed to the entire bar. The entire bar rather quickly did not appreciate my stance. And uh, thankfully, a few cousins were there to take me home. I like how in this scenario, you're in a Canadian in a bar in Canada with people watching a college football game or a Canadian football oh, game. Yeah, CFL. Yeah, a CFL game. And you make a comment to someone and you – you're only willing to say he's probably Canadian. <laughs> I think it's close to 100% that this person in a Canadian bar watching a Canadian football game is 100% Canadian. Given the small town that we were in, uh, which was Saskatoon, I'm pretty confident. Saskatoon, wow. <laughs> pretty confident he was Canadian. It, it, was, it was a doozy of a night. Sounds like it. All right, folks. Uh, games are going to get shorter. Uh, I think for college football coaches and players, they just want to know what the rules are. They don't want massive changes, things like non-consecutive timeouts. Sure. Uh, things like into the first quarter, into the third quarter. Sure. Uh, just tell us what the rules are and let's, let's make it happen. I think everybody's a little frustrated with replay. Uh, everybody wants it to, to be done right. So let's try to improve that. That doesn't seem on the table right now, but hopefully we're moving towards shorter game, better in-game TV experiences, and, uh, and everybody's happy and get a better product. Agree. Football School Podcast. I feel like we just solved the world. We'll keep working on this for you guys. Y'all keep sticking with us. Uh, tell your friends about the podcast. We certainly appreciate the growth. It's been fantastic. Uh, and we will be here doing more of these. We'll bring some coaches on. Have some fun. Talk to y'all soon. Bye-bye.